0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Here come the Astros, burning with desire.
1: Uh, I'm still holding my breath right now. Uh, do, you, do you have any energy left after that?
0: Uh, I, uh, I think I'm still having trouble breathing, Robert. You, you may have to resuscitate me uh, before the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. If this is the
1: first time that you're with us, welcome aboard Robert Land alongside Stephen Kerr. Between the two of us, 60 years combined in sports journalism, we've been doing the live post-game shows all through the Astros postseason. We've been doing this actually for several years throughout the Astros run as a World Series competitor, playoff competitors, and all of that. And Stephen, this just had everything. You just you don't know where to start, but I guess you got to start with the starter. And Justin Verlander finally wins a World Series game, and he gave you exactly what you needed. That's all I was asking for for Justin Verlander. Just
0: leave us in the game and, and don't give up more than three-yard runs for once. <laughs> well, you know, I joked, Robert, I, I tweeted out earlier before the game that if Justin Verlander throws a no-hitter, I'll I'll come on this podcast and sing for you. Uh, I, I guess Justin decided at the very first batter he didn't want me to sing because he didn't get a no hitter. But I, I was half joking because really you're right. He you just wanted him to pitch well enough to keep the team in the game. And if the Astros could get some timely hits, I wasn't expecting a lot of runs, just timely ones. Then we'd have a chance to win. And and they did. You know, it, it's a good thing they don't give uh, they, they don't have points on the scoreboard for style or prettiness because it wasn't pretty but he got the job done and you know say what you will about Justin Verlander's postseason struggles but the great pitchers not only bounce back but they pitch well enough to win or at least give their team a chance to win even when they're not at their best and clearly Justin Verlander hasn't been at his best this whole postseason well most of it anyway yeah no he he has
1: not and uh
0: i just want to remind
1: everybody the comments are already starting to come in We want to hear from you. Uh, Subscribe also to our channel. That's how you can support the show. We've had, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 listens over the last month with everything that's that's going on. And uh, we're going to react to to questions and comments as the show rolls along. Look for our Texans post-game show with me and Sean Bajani tomorrow, Friday. Uh, We're going to just record that one with everything else that's going on where we're going to record it. But it'll be up. Uh, pretty early in the day by lunchtime, I'm hoping. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we can get to the comments really quick. Um, you know, Judson said exactly what we just said. Verlander did everything <laughs> that you needed. Uh, got the quality start. Uh, not, not officially. I think you got to get six innings for a quality start, Stephen, though. Is that I mean, right? If,
0: well, you have five innings for a win. Yeah, so, for a win. yeah, officially for a win. So he did go the five innings. He did get the, the requisite there. You know, the thing about Justin Verlander, what worked for him tonight, I think, was his slider, Robert. His fastball, he was having trouble locating it, especially in the first three innings. You know, he had at least two or more runners the first three innings. That fourth inning was definitely his best inning. And then he got out of some trouble in the fifth. So, yeah, he went the five requisite innings you need. And as we said, he did just enough. And the Astros' bats did just enough to get the job done.
1: Yesterday, there wasn't a ton to talk about, really, except for the the majesty of Christian Javier and, and that one inning where the Astros scored. In this game, we got a lot to talk about, like I said off the top, Stephen. I mean, yeah. just a ton. Yeah. We start with the top of the first. Altuve gets a double and an error. And Jeremy Pena singles in a drawn in, on a drawn-in infield. I didn't get that, Steven was really shocked they brought in the infield at that point. Didn't make any sense to me.
0: You know, I, I was wondering that too. I, I mean, I thought that they were, I guess what Rob Thompson was trying to do is pr- trying to prevent the run. But yeah, a bit early for that, it was a bit uh, interesting that they did that. And well, you know, we saw what happened there. So
1: the rally ends though when Jordan couldn't make contact on a 3 2 count with Pena running turns into a strike him out, throw him out. It's not the Yordan I'm used to because if he just gets that in place, Steven, that infield is just all over the place because they're on the shift and you you really have a chance to get some more in that inning. But, you yeah. know, Yordan is still struggling. I mean, we're going to get to a, a a big moment for him later in the game. But as a whole, the Yordan that we're used to, we're just – he he's swinging at a lot of strikes that are high in the zone when he gets to two-strike. count. Ca- That's not Yordan. He's – much no. better at doing that than, uh, than than he's doing right now.
0: No, and he's not going the opposite way. You know, when he does that, Robert, that's when he's at his best. And as you said, he's he's swinging at pitches that he really has no business swinging on. And, you know, something else that kind of bothered me on that strikeout is running with a, a count of two strikes, especially against a catcher like J.T. Riomoto, who has a 44.1% caught stealing rate, during the regular season, the best in baseball, you know, I, I know that Syndergaard, you know, is a bit slow and, you know, he can run on him pretty easily, but with two strikes, I, I just don't like that, especially with a catcher like Real Mudo behind the plate. I, d- I didn't think that was a wise move.
1: I didn't mind it because I just figured Jordan was going to make contact. It was 3-2. He, he's either going to make contact or he's going to walk. Are I don't know Answers There's, maybe.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't I don't I don't know. I, I, <laughs> hasn't been happening lately, though, is the problem. Yeah, yeah
1: you make a good point. Um, bottom one, Schwarber turns on a fastball above the waist on the second pitch of the game. And you thought, here we go again. And I'm guessing, mm. Stephen, he was guessing fastball after Javier had overwhelmed them with fastballs. He's just like, OK, I know you guys are going to throw me some fastballs tonight, so I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I mean, Schwarber, you know, certainly the leading home run hitter in the National League. It's not surprising, but just the fact that you do that right off the top and you got the crowd in it, you know, and uh, Hoskins, the next batter, he had a pretty good shot to Alvarez in left, and, you know, then uh, you had, uh, you know, some other things going on in that inning. But, oh, uh, the home run, you're thinking, oh, no, how long's it going to last? That was kind of the, the question that ran through my mind.
1: Verlander, though, these are the two innings that I think were the big ones for him. The second and the third inning. He loads the bases with a hit and a couple of walks, but a strikeout on Reese Hopkins to get out of it. Then the third inning, he puts two guys on. Again, he escapes. Those, for me, were the crucial innings after what happened in the first inning and where this crowd was and everything that was going on. Just to, to, to shut him down right there. Two of the bigger moments of the game, as far as I was concerned, for Verlander.
0: Yeah, that that definitely is right. I mean, you, you talk about escaping. He he certainly he he must you know you can give him Houdini Verlander as far as the way he was escaping out of those jams he got in. But those were so big, Robert, and when he started doing that, you know, you started feeling hopeful that well, maybe if he could just get through four, okay, maybe he can get through five. And he can get that first win, or at least leave you know pitching well enough that we can say. He did the job that you asked him to do.
1: Yeah, Nick says Jordan needs to be dropped in the lineup lately. He's sucked. Yeah, they're not dropping Jordan in the lineup. No, uh, not at so, this rate. No, it's, it's, it's too late in the series. You're not going to do that. No, no. And he's he could come around at any point and just carry you for a game, as we saw in the first couple of games of the playoffs. But fourth inning, oh, there he goes again. The boy oh. wonder. Jeremy Pena's fourth home run of the postseason, and it knocks out Syndergaard. And he made the two big defensive
0: plays. Remember, Stephen, early in the game as well. Yeah, he sure did. I I tell you what, he can't say enough about this kid. And, you know, he he just keeps having a lot of firsts, which I guess is obvious because he's a rookie. But that homer makes him the first rookie shortstop in World Series history to hit a home run. So, yeah, the guy just keeps making history, Robert. It's wonderful. It's awesome. Three for four, two RBIs. We mentioned
1: the big defensive plays to go along with it just a total stud and here's Verlander in the fifth inning this is the key can he get through this inning because we knew that would probably be it because of his pitch count he gives up a double again gets out of trouble does his job five innings one run six hits four walks Lots of traffic. It looked like uh, fifty nine and six ten on a <laughs> on a Tuesday, Stephen. But he got the pitches when he needed it.
0: Whew, yeah, I'll tell you what. All those escapes. Um, I, I do want to go back to something, though, Robert. In that inning when the Astros were batting, Bregman hit a double to left, and I kept wondering, you know, because it it looked like it might have hit off of that, uh, you know, that padding out of play there at the back of the wall, and I kind of wondered and. You know, the Astros' broadcasters were kind of wondering it, too, is why did the Astros ask for a crew chief review, you know, because it quite possibly could have been a home run. I, I don't know what you thought of that particular play. It just didn't
1: seem like it had got enough of that. I don't – I didn't see it, but – It might have been too hard
0: to tell, but yeah, yeah, makes let you let, wonder. At least yeah, review let me, it.
1: Yeah, let me hear from people out there. What do you guys think? Because it didn't look like it to me, but – um, you know, and I, I don't know if there was a whole lot of fuss about that, but uh, let's go to the sixth inning because two on for Kyle Tucker, but he grounds out. So you couldn't, as another, there was a lot of base runners and and not many big hits for the Astros in this game. Bottom six, Naras and then Abreu put two guys on, but Abreu, who's brought in for Naras, gets out of it. And there was a quick trigger on Naras. And not the same later in the game, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But top (laughs) seven, Yuli on third base, nobody out. Hensley and McCormick get the ball in play, but the Phillies infield is in. They miss another opportunity, but the major story from that whole sequence, Yuli gets hurt in a rundown on the McCormick play. We know how bad it was when Mancini, we knew how bad it was, I should say, when Mancini pinch hit for Yuli the next inning, Stephen, and I, 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 you know, we're doing this right after the game. I couldn't tell exactly what was wrong with him. If it was more his head, he kept grabbing his head when they were showing him, or if it was his knee, because his knee, you know, had a weird, you know, twist there when he was trying to stay out of the rundown. But, I mean, that's that's
0: huge. I think it might have been his head, Robert, because he did get hit in the head with Hoskins. When Hoskins was trying to make the tag, he hit him in the head with his knee. And I think that's what really did it for him. Now Guriel did stay in the game on defense, but then, as you said, you know Mancini pitch hit for him in the next inning, so it, he did appear pretty woozy after that play. I, I kind of wondered if you know he might even come out after the inning was over or right then, you know, when he left the field. But he did stay in a little bit longer. But I have a feeling that it was well, he was out. The he was out
1: with the play, so
0: he was, right. He oh. was out with the. Play. But what I'm saying is he came back and played defense the next half inning, and then came out. But, yeah, I, I have a feeling it was the head being hit with the Hauston's knee that did it. Yeah, he, he kept grabbing that head over and over again. If if somebody hears that, I'm not
1: – I'm trying to do 14 things at once here. I'm <laughs> I'm watching you guys' comments and uh, trying to keep up with what's going on with Steven and let you guys know what's going on. So it's a juggling act. If you hear what the injury is to Uli, let us know as we go along in the show. But hopefully it's not serious enough where he's done for the series – uh but it played a part later, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> top of the eighth, Altuve walks Pena singles, runners on first and third, Jordan, the chopper to first base, Hoskins can't field it cleanly. Altuve scores, massive run, and fielding at first base. Turned out to be a story, Steven, and we're gonna get there right now. Let's do it. Uh Montero loses control and walks a couple of guys in the bottom of the eight. Steven and I thought Dusty should have pulled him after two got on. Just no control. He just didn't it didn't it didn't look right. He was it looked like his elbow was getting down. And so the fastball was you know jumping on him and you could tell that it just he just didn't look right. And maybe just he was a little tired after the last game and the the energy he expended or just you know, might've just been one of those off nights, but I don't know why Dusty didn't pull him after two, especially as quick a,
0: as a hook as he had on Neris, and you got Presley, obviously ready to go. Yeah. I kind of wondered that. It, it was obvious to me. It was fatigue. Robert's looked like his shoulder was going one way, his body's going another. He just, he definitely wasn't lining up the way he should. And usually when that happens, it's a fatigue factor. So, yeah, he probably could have pulled him a little earlier. But, you know, you're asking Presley to get five outs, not four. You're asking him to get five. Pretty tall order, you know, even for your closer that you've been counting on all year. So that may have been the reason he was trying to get that one more out before bringing him in. But clearly, yeah, it was, it was getting a bit wobbly there until he d- finally did bring Presley in.
1: Yeah, I just figured the adrenaline and even if Presley is off, his stuff is just so electric that you go, yeah. okay, if he's a little bit off, That's better than Montero being off. And, you know, my my call there would have been to take Montero out. I I get it because Montero has been so good, but I also just – it's with my own eyes. That's what I saw. So uh, Presley comes in, gets a strikeout, huge strikeout, then Mancini. Trey Mancini, of all people, (laughs) who doesn't look like he could find a hit if it came up and knocked him upside the head. he, He makes a big defensive play. Off the liner, the pick, great pick on the short hop, Steven. And there were heroes everywhere in this game, from Jeremy Pena to Justin Verlander. To You know, we talked about, uh, you know, a lot of different guys in this game coming up big. And, I mean, you just, you, you, you can't believe that, Trey Mancini, of all people, is put in this spot right there. You know, that they'll find you. If you're, if you're not going well, baseball will find you.
0: Yes, it will. And, you know, what's so big about that is, you know, Stott was on third base. If Mancini hadn't made that play, then all hell would have broken loose and the Philly fans would have gone crazy. So, you know, it's, it's nice because he has struggled so much during this postseason offensively. It just, you feel good for the guy. He's a feel-good story anyway, being a cancer survivor, and you want to pull for the guy. You know, I, I mean, we've been knocking him and he's hitting, but gosh, you want to pull the guy, and he makes the play unassisted, you know, steps on the back when he grabs the ball. Just, you know, definitely one of the plays of the night that that saved the Astros right there. So it was great to see that. Yeah, and he had to make the play on the final out of the game as well.
1: So that's right. a big, couple of big plays for him right there. I mean, luckily, good throw by Pena on that final play, which was a big deal. Uh, Albert brings this up. He says, why did they use Stanek in the eighth inning? And, Stephen, I I just – I am dumbfounded, especially Stanek will bury you with fastballs, and we just saw Christian Javier just crush them with fastballs. I don't understand what Stanek did
0: to piss Dusty off. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I know. We, we've talked a lot about that, that, you know, he's used him sparingly in this postseason when he, he could have definitely pitched the eighth and maybe given Montero a breather. Because it, it certainly looked like he needed one. And, you know, you've got an off day tomorrow. So why not go ahead and pitch stand? That's a great point, Albert. I'm glad you brought that up. Top of the night. Astros with another shot
1: to do something. Hensley, who hadn't done anything to that point, gets an infield single. Maldi with a single. But Altuve grounds out. And you're like, man, all these missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're going to catch up. They're going to catch up. That's what I was
0: thinking, the very same thing.
1: But the Phillies had their opportunities, too, over and over and over again. So let's not forget, and we go to the bottom of the night. So Real Muto, I don't know if there's anybody, Stephen, that scares me more than him and Chaz McCormick, the same Chaz who got (laughs) replaced defensively all season by Mauricio Dubon when it got late in the game, and we don't trust Chaz McCormick. Who's there to save the
0: day? Chasmataz. You mean Dusty doesn't trust? You mean Dusty doesn't trust Chaz McCormick? <laughs> Cause, well, because I yeah. trust Chaz McCormick in center a lot more than Mauricio Dubon. Let me tell you, uh, anywhere, anytime. Absolutely. And... But yeah, and it was so great because, you know, here's a guy who grew up a Phillies fan. I mean, talk about don't you dream about you dream about hitting home runs in the World Series, but you could also dream about making catches like that in a World Series. I mean, my heart just about went into my mouth. I thought that ball was gone, Robert. It really did. And McCormick, that that was definitely the catch of the year in the outfield. No question. Yeah, he scaled the wall like Josh Reddick's Spidey,
1: Spider-Man uh, senses would have uh, had him scaling the wall. And uh, Plasma Warrior says, not going to lie, that McCormick catch in the ninth is a top five catch World Series history. I don't know. I don't know about that, but it's up there. You know, it's a great catch. You got to put
0: it up there. You know, it may not be the the Willie Mays catch or anything like that yet, but I mean, yeah, it it is definitely up there. It has to be because, you know, think about what that would have done. It could have easily turned this series around. You have got to finish this series, though. Let's not just say,
1: oh, they're coming home for two. Hey, we've been here before. 2019, Steven.
0: Yes. Don't Don't remind me. I was thinking about that during the game. Like, All right. So we're they're coming back to Houston, you know, up 3-2. And in 2019, had a chance to win that against the Nationals. You know, you've got Fromber going in game six. Feel really good about that. But my gosh, this is baseball. Anything can happen. So if the Astros are going to win it, Please, please, let's do it in six because game seven, it's all hands on deck. And you definitely don't know what's uh, going to, you don't know what's going to happen there. And, you know, the Phillies, you talk about the Astros missing chances, Robert. The Phillies certainly have missed their share. They were 0 for 21 with runners in scoring positions since game one. Because remember, you know, in, in game two, the Astros, of course, won. But in game three, they hit all those home runs. They didn't have a lot of runners in scoring position. So they're over twenty-one though since game one, in that situation. So they've had plenty of chances to turn this series on its ear, and they just didn't. Yeah, so many heroes
1: in this game, and then the guys that you're just not expecting. You know, Altuve had a pretty good game. Gets gets on a couple of times. He scores a run. Um, uh, was it one run or two? Did he get? I think it was the the run in the first inning for sure. Yeah. But but uh, I mean, you had. Um, yeah, because Pena course, scored a couple of runs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Jeremy Got Pena scored.
0: RBIs.
1: Yeah, J- Jeremy Pena was uh, of course big and, um, and not not a whole lot from the Kyle Tuckers. Uh, Bregman had some great at bats. Uh, definitely, he always does. Yeah. Um, he always gives you the best at bats on the whole team. Um, but it was it was guys like. It was the Chaz's and the, and, the, and the Trey Mancini's. And I just remember seeing so many people on Twitter. Thanks a lot, James Click, for Trey Mancini and Christian Va-. Well, Trey Mancini <laughs> just got you one game away from the World Series. You know, yeah. you are up three yeah. to two. You've got one more to go. And if it wasn't for Trey Mancini, who was there for you, uh, I don't know where they would be. I mean, yeah. maybe yeah. it's a lead miss in that situation, but... You know, D'raymond Adcini makes the play. What can you
0: say? Well, and Christian Vasquez, he's contributed, too, during this postseason. So, you know, sometimes, uh, Robert, it is the little things that make a difference. And in the postseason, we're always hearing about guys that are unexpected, coming through when, you, you know, that you least think that it'd be that guy. That's who comes through. You know, that's what makes baseball so great. It, it really is, is that you just never know what's going to happen, not only from one night to the next, but from one play to the next, and who's going to make that play? And you think about Trey Mancini, Chaz McCormick. You think about Christian Javier. I mean, we kind of expected him to do this by now. But, you know, here's a guy that just we've been keeping our eyes on him the last couple of years. But he's come through. Gosh, it, it's just amazing how many different guys for the Astros have come through in this World Series. There were so
1: many just what in the world? This Everything that could go weird, went weird. Kyle Tucker and Chaz McCormick almost looked at each other and let a ball fall between the two yeah. of them. Kyle Tucker had a ball bounce off of his glove. I don't know if he would have had a shot at the runner at second base in that situation, but that could have been a disaster. I think Furlander gets out of that inning after that, but, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's like every single out feels like it, it, you're pulling teeth, and the Astros have been in these World Series now for the last six years, Stephen. This one, to me, is just the weirdest like the stuff that's happened uh and and that's saying something because against the dodgers you had that Mm -hmm. incredible game two 12 inning astros win that when those the late 13 to 12 yeah and and then the craziest world series game of them all was the game five uh here in houston but i mean this this series it's just like i feel like they're one of those texas cockroaches this this philly lineup and you can't (laughs) You, you think you got them killed, and then you look over, and then thing's still moving
0: around, and I'm like, what do I got to do to kill this guy? Well, that's exactly why I've said the Phillies really scared me before this series. I, I really dreaded playing the Phillies because they are certainly a tougher team than the Yankees have been, and just the way they kept fighting and kept scrapping. I mean, then, that's why they made the playoffs in the first place. Talk about a turnaround. You know, this team shouldn't have even been there. And they fire their manager. Rob Thompson comes in as the interim. You can bet he's the permanent manager now. What a job he's done with them. But, you know, every game in this series, Robert, has been weird. I mean, game one, the Astros get a five-run lead. Blow it. You know, g- game two, they they totally turn it around. And, you know, game three, of course, uh, just all those five home runs off the same pitcher. First time that's ever happened. Game four, you've got the combined no-hitter. And then game five, all the things we just talked about, all, all the crazy stuff. So. Yeah, I have to say it's one of the craziest World Series I've seen in quite a while with any team in it. It's Game
1: Six up next, and the Astros are up three-two. They have got no home runs from Jordan and not much offense. Period from Jordan. They've got no power from Altuve, although he's starting to really contribute in other ways with extra base hits and getting and the base. ball better. So yeah, that, that's yeah. saying something. But you figure at some point. Altuve usually has a home run in, in a postseason. He doesn't go through an entire postseason, and we haven't seen Altuve hit a home run this postseason. And Jordan hasn't had one, and it seems like forever and ever and ever. I don't know how long ago that was, Stephen, but it feels like it's two months ago.
0: Uh, I think it was in the ALDS. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think course. that's when it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm very aware. Yeah, it seems that, like that last year's though, ALDS. Yeah, that series, though, feels <laughs> like – doesn't that series feel like about two months ago to you? Yeah, maybe last year. I don't know. It seems like forever, but – yeah, you're right. And Game Six will be a wonderful time for either one of them. Or hey, I'm greedy, Robert. Why not both of them just hit a home run? You know, let's you get this thing going. I, I mean, the the sooner the Astros can jump on the Phillies, you got Zach Wheeler or yeah, Zach Wheeler going in Game Six. They've been saying he has arm fatigue. I mean, the the Astros really could have gotten to Noah Syndergaard a lot sooner too. And I mean, they jumped on him pretty quick. Yes, but they didn't get a lot of runs off of him. But I think that's the key. You know, if if Zach Wheeler's arm is tiring, don't give him a chance to get set. Get on him immediately and get this thing rolling in game six and hopefully not look back and, and not have to have a game seven.
1: The other thing that I think about going into this game six is at some point, I'm hoping this Phillies bullpen starts to wear down, Stephen, because they have been incredible, but they've had to pitch a ton of innings over the last few days. Luckily, they had that two- day break which benefited them greatly i think but yeah. you hope at some point maybe after playing pitching so much in the last you know few days that it's it's going to catch up to them i mean Syndergaard came out of this game way early their other starters you know the guys that you depend on haven't given them a whole lot of innings so you you hope at some point the astros can take advantage of a bull, their bullpen that might be wearing down a little bit i mean the astros Obviously pitched their bullpen the last couple of games, but, you know, they didn't have to use hardly anybody, thanks to Jose Arquiti, who did a great job just giving you innings in that game three. Uh, you, you, you hope that the, the Astros are going to be pretty good. Hopefully, Montero can bounce back if they've got to use him again in game six or whatever. But, I mean, please... Ryan Stanek is out there and he's fresh as a daisy and I just don't get it. And it's almost like he's in timeout or something. I just, I don't understand yeah. this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they keep talking about putting him in, in certain situations. Well, you know, you put the guy in all season long and I, I mean, I know he does get runners on base, you know, he does tend to do that, but gosh, all the rest of the numbers speak for themselves. He gets out of it. So yeah, let's, let's give him a little more love here. And I think the off day will help the Phillies for sure. Uh, you know, thankfully, it's not going to be two days in a row. So yeah, you just have to hope that fatigue will play a part in it. But I don't know when you get to this point in the season, Robert, when you have one, maybe two games at the most left. It's just everybody just has to reach down a little bit deeper on both sides. And that's probably what the Phillies are going to do. And Rob Thompson's been very wise with his bullpen. He's been using the guys as, as well as he can for what he has to work with. So it'll be interesting, most definitely.
1: The Astros, we knew they had the depth in the pitching. And I think it's showed in the last couple of games. Now the thing is you've got Fromber on the mound for game six. Steven, you really want to get it done with Fromber on the Mound. You feel like we got our real ace is on the mound, number <laughs> yeah. one. And number two, you know, you, you, you had a you have a day off, so the bullpen should be pretty fresh. So when Fromber would come out. Whether you know whenever that would be after six after seven you know cross my fingers he can get seven innings that would be incredible yeah. but if you can get to that point ever your bullpen's fresh for for those last you know so you just get some get some runs for Fromber early in the game it'd be such a big deal if you're going to Minute Maid Park if anybody out there is going to Minute Maid Park. You better you better not sit on your tuchus the whole game. You better just st- unless unless there's a disability, stand up the
0: whole <laughs> darn game. Yeah, yeah. Let's show these Philly fans who real fans are. You know, and have real classes, guys. Come on, let's let's get it going here. Yeah. Well, I said it a little while ago. If we're going to win it, let's do it in Game Six when you've got Fromber on the mound. You know what a difference it make. You know between six innings and seven innings. I mean, imagine if you get through seven innings. That leaves you only, you, you only need two innings for your bullpen. I mean, how great would that be? And Fromber is capable of doing that. I, I think he'll probably go six. That's what I'm predicting. But either way, yeah, a great performance by Fromber is much needed. And the timely hitting certainly needs to continue if the Astros are going to win it in a game six. Uh, our friend
1: Judson says tickets starting at a thousand dollars for Game Six, forty percent higher, forty percent higher.
0: Than Let's it do a GoFundMe
1: page. Maybe we raise some money <laughs> In between now and then. My goodness, yeah. I guess it was about I don't know what six hundred dollars or whatever when the when the Astros started Game Five. So you 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 know how that particularly yeah. goes. I mean, they were going to play Game Six, so I don't, <laughs> it just amazes me that the price went up. But obviously, this is now the chance to you know, you can finish off the series. That That's another reason that the prices, I'm sure, went up a little bit. Like, yeah,
0: and I guess for Game 7, it'll be what, 2000 You know, it'll probably go up for Game 7 even more. So,
1: yeah. Oh, I, no. uh, yeah, that's going to be off the – that'll be off the chart for Game 7. But, um, yeah, I just – when I look at this series, you feel like maybe these last two games would take the wind out of the sails a little bit for Philadelphia, but – this team, like I said, there you are gonna have to fight and scratch for every single out. I would just I would like the offense to just put you in a really good position to where you're not sweating it out those last three or four innings and you're depending on these relievers to do it yet again. I just feel like, oh my goodness, that we have put so much pressure on our relief corps uh this this postseason because, you know, they the the offense is Eh, it's it's been a little bit uh, hit and miss, a lot hit and miss.
0: Yeah, a lot hit and miss all season long. I mean, guys have come through when they needed to. But, no, I Robert, let's not expect the Phillies to roll over and die. I mean, this team has had to fight all year long. They're used to this. I mean, they're, they're used to having their backs against the wall. You know, the Astros were in that position once. So they know what it's like to have to do that, to fight back. So, no, I, I fully expect the Phillies are going to come into Game 6 at Minute Maid Park and be ready. You know, they're focused. They're, they're one game away from elimination. They are going to fight and scratch and claw and bring it with everything they've got. And the Astros just need to be ready for it. And, you know, not only play, you know, have great pitching, play great defense, but yeah, the offense definitely needs to step it up. I, I just, I've never felt comfortable with this offense the entire year, but you know, they've gotten to this point. It's usually somebody coming through. So that's probably what's going to happen in the next game.
1: What are you doing tomorrow, Stephen? How are you going to handle ha- having the, this off day <laughs> before yeah.
0: the game? Well, you know, I'm actually going to take off work on Friday. I'm a freelance journalist, and so I kind of arranged it where I can have some time off, going to probably just, you know, relax, maybe run some errands, you know, some things that I uh, haven't had a chance to do. Just going to take it easy, really. Just kind of kind of have a chill day. I don't even know if I'll watch any sports tomorrow night. I'm not even sure what's on. The Rockets playing tomorrow night? They're not worth watching Anyway. The Texans, they played tonight. I didn't even watch them. So yeah, I'll probably, I may even settle down with a good book, but I'm definitely going to relax tomorrow, Robert.
1: Yeah. The Texans actually made the game interesting for a while. They, they always tend to do that. And we're going to, again, we're going to talk about that in the Texans post game. If you get a chance tomorrow, listen to it. If not, you can just watch it anytime this weekend. Of course, everything's up on our YouTube channel. It's all there, easy to find. And Big news, Stephen, from uh, social media. I'm checking Chandler Rome. Ten minutes ago, he said, uh, quoting Dusty Baker and the Astros, that Yuli left the game with right knee discomfort, and Dusty calls him day to day. So, right knee discomfort is better than a concussion, I think, because there's a chance that they could put some ice on it and. I don't know, steroid it up. I don't know what you, you know, not, not that, not the illegal steroids, not the Roger Clemens, any patent steroids, but the other. no, no different kind of steroids.
0: Yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if it has to be something, I'm definitely glad it is the knee and not the head because if it's, you know, if it's not too banged up, maybe the day off will certainly help him. So we can only hope that, but yep, that is good news. At least that uh, it is day to day and not he's out for the rest of the series. All right, Stephen. What I am going to do, and if you're listening to this
1: and you haven't seen it, I had a great interview with an old friend of mine, a guy I've known since the day that he was born. His name's Brian Blake, and he's coming to Houston tomorrow night to uh, perform over at. Uh, uh, it's called Anderson Fair. It's in the Mont- It's in Montrose. Come over there and check it out. Say hello if you do, because I'm going to be there, and I'm really excited about it because. I get to see him perform live the month that his first album comes out. Uh, Brian's in his mid forties and this is a big deal for him. Uh, it was produced in in your area, in the Austin area. So it's a very yeah, Texas, about that. very Texas centric album, Stephen, because, you know, listen to the interview that I did with him because he talks about the Texas roots to the album. It's, it's about his Texas history. It's about uh, his, the town that his, Families from Liberty, just outside of Houston. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with Liberty. So it's a it's really cool. I can't wait to see him. And his sisters are going to be there. They're they're flying in from Alabama and Tennessee to uh, check it out. And um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. If you miss him tomorrow night, he's going to be back in December. Uh, just check the podcast. We talk about the dates. Check the old show. With Brian, and uh, he's he's good. the The kid is good. I still call him the kid because I knew him when he was nothing. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah,
0: it's always good to see the local guys make it big, especially people you know. I mean, I definitely pour for them. And so, yeah, if you can turn out, that'd be great. If I were in Houston, Robert, I'd join you. That that'd be a great thing to do tomorrow night, most definitely.
1: Hell of a songwriter. He was named Memphis Songwriter of the Year last year. Wow! And awesome. he can write. He can write, and um, he's been doing this for a while. He plays great guitar. I mean, he's just, he's all around, you know, the old school singer songwriter guitar player, the, the work. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, then we'll be, and you are like gear back up on Saturday. I'll, I'm going to be a nervous wreck probably most of the day, like every Astros fan (laughs) and try to get it back in gear for uh, our Saturday night post game show. But um, am I confident? I'm never confident in the Astros, but you know it's 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 the best case
0: scenario. They can. I'm cautiously optimistic. How does that sound? That that's probably a better way to put. It. I'm cautiously optimistic, especially when we have Fromber going. That's I, what I, I was going to say. That's yeah, the one I'm cautiously thing that,
1: optimistic. The one thing that I'm confident about is Fromber Valdez, and if if they can just give him a little help, just give the man a little yeah. bit of help, yeah, so a couple of runs, and he'll be okay. And Fromber. Please do not. Um, I was going to say it another way, but I'm, I'm going to be clean <laughs> about it. Please do not screw yourself by <laughs> making some weird throw to first base. If it's not there, just hold, hold the ball. It. Hold the ball, Fromber. Hold the phone or the ball. Yeah. Oh, exactly. my goodness. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I guess nobody's got any more comments. If you if you got comments or questions, last chance to get them in before we've closed things out.
0: Um, no, just, you know, uh, as I said, just going to take it easy and hopefully, you know, have something to look forward to on Saturday night. And, you know, the Astros were actually a minus minus one thirty favorite to win this game. I was a little surprised about that, Robert. You know, that's what Vegas had. that's pretty big odds. They came through. So, you know, maybe they'll have that again on Saturday and come through again.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I think I'm going to need some sleep tonight because this yep. is uh, this one was exhausting, man. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wore me out. So that's why I'm going to use a chill day tomorrow. All right, everybody. Well, we look forward to talking to you guys again really soon. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for nine years. Uh, these are the moments that we live for the Astros games in the World Series. You can't beat it. Uh, we know we're not going to get this stuff with the Texans and the Rockets anytime soon as far as postseasons go but the Astros uh, they are giving us everything and more with these <laughs> World Series it is crazy stuff uh, let's, uh, you know what I need to do I need to queue up one one last bit of music here alright where where's my music at, come on i not playing there we go was looking
0: for it
1: all right steven thanks for doing this we're going to catch up to everybody again on saturday night don't forget the texans post game will be tomorrow don't you don't want to miss that until uh we talk to you again have a great evening and have a good weekend you're listening to houston sports talk hey you can support the show by subscribing on youtube and commenting on the videos Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.